And this engineer, he died. <laughs> and he reported at the pearly gates. And St. Peter looked at his list, didn't find his name on the list. So mistakenly, he sent him to hell. And he goes to hell. He doesn't like the conditions there. And he says, I'm going to make improvements here. So he installs air conditioning and flush toilets and escalator. And a few days later, God looks down and he says to Satan, how are things going down there? And Satan says, very well. Uh, we've got flush toilets, we've got air conditioning, escalators, and there's no telling what this engineer will do next. He's a very popular guy here. And God says, what? You've got an engineer there? That's a mistake. He shouldn't have gone there. Send him back. <laughs> Satan says, no chance. And God says, send him back or I will sue you. And Satan says, ha, ha, ha. Sue you, sue me? That's a joke. He says, where will you find a solicitor? They're all here on my staff. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for what Mary read this morning. And the title of my talk is Staying Awake. Now, in some places, I'm going to repeat myself, and that is intentional, and it's not because, you know, I've forgotten to, not to mention. So, in this meeting, there's Peter, the preacher, John, the revelator, who wrote the book of Revelation, James, the apostle, Moses, the lawgiver, Elijah, the prophet, and Jesus, the savior. Now, would anyone in a meeting like this, sleep? No. But wait and see what happens next. Verse 9 tells us, his face changed, his clothes became as bright as flash of lightning. Well, that is really bright. Have you ever tried sleeping when there's thunder and lightning? Well, when I was a little girl growing up in Pakistan, and uh, Thunder and lightning was used to be worse there, and I used to scream my head off. And no matter how much my parents tried to calm me down, it never worked. And um, so in verse 30, we see Moses and Elijah appeared in glorious splendor. That splendor must have been really bright, adding to the brightness of Jesus. So you can imagine that mountain must have been lit up with heavenly brightness, splendor, and glory of God. Verse 32 tells us, but all through this, Peter and his companions were asleep, totally oblivious to what was happening around them. On human level, I can totally understand that. It had been a long, busy day, and they were tired. And this can happen to us too. God could be moving around us, doing amazing things, saving people, transforming lives, changing situations, performing miracles, but none of that touches us because we are asleep. And we are so busy in our daily lives, caught up in our circumstances, that we miss it altogether. Next part of the verse says, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory. Now, that is the key. 
We have to be fully awake to see his glory. Otherwise, we will miss it like them. As these stories tell us, two men on the road to Emmaus, after Jesus' death, they were so, so engrossed in grief, and Jesus was walking alongside them, but they didn't realize it was Jesus. Mary at the tomb, she was also grief-stricken at Jesus' death. And Jesus was standing right next to her, and she didn't realize it was Jesus. She thought it was a gardener. Disciples in the boat, Jesus, as walked, he walked on the water towards them. They didn't realize it was Jesus. They thought it was a ghost. But, you know, all these circumstances, no matter what you're going through, whether your boat is in a storm, whether you are grief-stricken at the loss of a loved one, whether your body is riddled with pain, whether your bills are piling up, you are not alone. Jesus is walking alongside you. In your pain, he's part of everything that you are going through, and he never leaves you alone. So let's be aware that he's with us, he's walking with us, and he's part of every single situation that we go through. Jesus said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you, and he never goes back on his word. Why? Because he is a God of integrity. So let's be fully awake to his presence in all our circumstances to see his glory around us. So what does it mean to be fully awake? It means to experience, to know, to have knowledge, to understand, to comprehend, to perceive, to take part in, to enter into, to be aware of. In 1 Thessalonians it says, So then let us not be like others, but let us be awake. So being awake to his presence through his word, through prayer, through preaching of his word, through teaching of his word, through the Holy Spirit speaking into our hearts and into our spirits, through healings, miracles, signs, and wonders, through people's testimonies, through worship, through prophetic words, through God's people, through our ears being tuned to God's voice so we can be awake. Secondly, being awake to what God is doing around us. It's so easy to miss this, but our hunger and thirst for him will cause us to notice and to know his works. It is not about his history. It's about his now. What is he up to now? And how can we be part of it? Check out what's happening in our communities, in other churches across the world, this will give us a picture of what is really on God's heart and what is he doing around us. Were you aware that what God was doing during a COVID pandemic? Now, modern technology has been a great instrument in spread of the gospel. While we were not allowed to attend our churches personally, people tuned into online services. God's word was preached through YouTube. Zoom was extensively used. And through these means, more people attended churches than they would have done otherwise. 
Millions of people depended on uh, premier Christian radio during lockdown. A Christian radio changing lives, reaching out to people and, uh, and uh, bringing the good news of the gospel to people. And they were an anchor for this nation and for its people. A Christian TV station called 24-7 Kingdom Sack in Arabic. It expanded all over Europe, the Middle East, North, North Africa, and now dedicated channels in Australia. An Arabic-speaking pastor from Sydney said every home he visited, they had this 24-7 sat on all day long. And through that, 150,000 people who visited this station, they found peace with God. They came to know God. And these are mostly nations that are Arabic nations. And in case you've not heard of Kingdom Sat, it is known in the Arab world as Al Malakut Sat. It is a satellite television channel launched in 2009 to broadcast the good news to one of the most spiritually hungry parts of the world. A huge number of retired pastors said that uh, they led more people on the phone to the Lord than they had done through their entire ministry. So during this time, churches have learned to be a community offline and online. So let us be aware to what God is doing across the world and pray for those who have never heard the gospel. More importantly, let's be aware of what God is doing in our communities, what needs are there, how to reach out to people, how we can meet their needs, how we can pray for them. And let's be ready and know what what needs are there so people can speak to us and we can step in and say yes, I can step in and pray for you. Thirdly, being awake to his plans. Amos 3.7 says, Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plans to his servants, the prophets. God always reveals his plans before he brings them about. But to understand those plans, we need to be fully awake. For example, Old Testament is a blueprint, is hidden, is wisdom no no man knows. Only God can begin to reveal it to us. 1 Corinthians 1 says, the word uh, word of God is spiritually discerned. The word of God is encoded, encrypted. It cannot be understood apart from the Holy Spirit, who teaches spiritual things, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things, comparing blueprint with substance. He brings them to our hearts and reveals them to our spirit. Our mind can't have any argument with that because it's a spiritual thing and God reveals his word into your heart and into your spirit. So let's, uh, so John 5, 13 and 14, 40 tells us that scriptures bring a revelation of who God is. God will show you the truth about himself. You will discover his nature, his opinions, and what he values. God will show you the truth about other people. You will begin to understand and appreciate their places in your life. God will show the truth about 
yourself, you will start to grasp and appreciate how important you are to him. So three levels. We get to know God, we get to know people, we get to know ourselves through scriptures. So let's be aware to the voice of the Holy Spirit to understand the scriptures and receive God's guidance for each day of our lives. For a deeper relationship with our Heavenly Father, with Lord Jesus Christ and with the Holy Spirit. Fourthly, we have to be awake to see his glory. The question is, what is his glory? In Exodus 33:18, we read when Moses asked God to show him his glory, God said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. When I first read that, and I thought that's really strange because Moses is asking to see his glory, and God says, my goodness will pass in front of you. Well, God displays his glory in his goodness, his love, his presence, his redemption, his peace, his joy, his righteousness, his holiness, in healings, in miracles, in signs, in wonders, and all this is encompassed in the person of Jesus Christ. Everything, that is the glory of God. To experience his glory, we need to be fully awake to enter into his glory cloud. And this is a deliberate action. It won't happen automatically, or it might. God is God, and he will do what pleases him. But to enter into that special place of his glory, we have to have hunger and thirst for him. We can look for phenomena and manifestations, but these, apart from him, don't mean a thing. For it is always about Jesus and Jesus alone. In Psalm 42, verse 2, David says, My soul thirsts for you, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before you? Psalm 63, 1 says, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. Imagine that kind of longing and hunger for God. And that God expects nothing less from us. He wants us to run after him, to chase him, to hunger after him and thirst after him. Let's be awake to the fact that we cannot put Jesus on equal footing with anyone else. In verse 33, now that Peter was fully awake and realized Moses and Elijah were about to leave, I think he panicked. So he wanted to build three shelters. So all three could be there permanently because he was enjoying their presence. He was enjoying the glory. He treated all three of them the same. We can never put Jesus on equal footing with others. No one compares with him. No one can do what he has done for us. He's the only savior of the world, the only way, the only truth, the only light. He's the only one exalted to the highest place of honor and given the name that is above every other name. So let's not treat him like anyone else. Men cannot do for us what Jesus has done and is still doing, no matter how great or powerful men may be, including Moses, the lawgiver who led a huge crowd of Israelites out of Egypt, or 
Elijah, the miracle worker, or Mary, the mother of Jesus, who gave birth to our Savior, or the 12 apostles, or Apostle Paul. They were all tools in God's hands to bring about God's purposes and his plans. They were not great in themselves, but they became great because they allowed themselves to fit into God's great plans. So Jesus is the one who stands alone as the the all-sufficient one. All other names fade away into history, but his name is above every other name. His name stands for eternity. In Matthew 17, 8, we read the same story, which says, When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. Only Jesus will be there till the end, because he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, and everything in between. He's the faithful one. He said, never, as I said before, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Jesus was the only one who was pure enough, holy enough to become the sacrificial lamb who took away the sins of the world. Let no one compare him with any religious leader because he never was and never will be a religious leader. He is the son of God who came to save the world. There are 4,200 religions in the world, but there is only one empty grave. There's only one man who conquered sin, death, and hell forever. There's only one way to heaven, only one way to the Father. There's only one truth, there's only one light that dispels the darkness, and his name is Jesus. Sixthly, let's be awake to misconceptions about God. In Matthew 13, 53 to 58, they treated Jesus as one of them, on the same footing as themselves. Oh, he's the carpenter's son. His mother is Mary, his brothers and sisters. They just live amongst us, and we are all the same. And this resulted in Jesus not being able to perform many miracles there, because of lack of their faith that Jesus was the Son of God. When we have misconceptions of who God is and what he's like, our faith is restricted by those misconceptions. We will miss out on what God has for us because misconceptions form a barrier between us and God. Misconceptions block our faith. Misconceptions are deception in disguise a lie hidden in a wrong thought pattern. That is why we need to make sure that we are always wearing a helmet of salvation to protect our minds from the fiery darts of the lies of the enemy who deceived Eve Eve into believing when God said that you will die if you eat from this, uh, the fruit from this tree. God didn't mean physical death. He meant spiritual death which separates us from God through disobedience or rejection of his word. We must know God's word so well that error, regardless of how convincingly it is presented, can't mislead us. We must stay spiritually awake and alert. Seventhly, we need to be awake to 
who we are. These days, there's so much confusion about who people are. If Satan can, Satan can mess up with your identity, he can mess up your whole life in the name of progress and tolerance. We are living in the times when, we call, when they call light darkness and darkness light. But thank God that those whose minds are renewed by the Holy Spirit of God cannot be fooled by Satan. Let's remind ourselves daily who we are. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, set apart for God and his purposes, forgiven, restored, and made new. We are new creation, bearing the image of God. We carry the glory of God wherever we go. We carry God's presence where we go, wherever we go. His immeasurable sacrifice tells us that we are of great worth to him. Otherwise, he would not have died on that cross on our behalf. We are called to live victorious lives. We are eagles who fly above our circumstances. We have authority in the name of Jesus to rebuke the enemy. We are under God's grace every single day of our lives. And that is what God's word says about us in 1 Peter 2, 9. Excuse me. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Notice in the first part of the verse, God tells us who we are. And in the second part of the verse, it's a job description, which is that you may declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. So let's be awake to bring our praises to him in all circumstances. Jesus, as he approached his own death, a death he had done nothing to deserve, he chose to sing of God's love on the eve of Passover, just before he was going to die. And Psalms 113 to 118, these are known as halal and Hebrew for praise. So we too can sing of God's faithfulness and his love when we face trials or even death. Zephaniah 3.17 tells us that God rejoices over us with singing. Amen. Yes, amen. And if God sings over us, how much more we need to sing over him because he has done so much for us. So... Let's be awake spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and in every other way. It is only when we know who God is on and who we are in him, we can move in his power, in his authority to see his kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy released in us and through us to other into our communities. We will become magnets for God when people see the glory of God and his presence in us. So giving ourselves wholly to Christ is the only way to discover who we are, the only way to become who Christ means us to be, the only way to experience his riches in this life 
and the only way to fulfill the purpose for which God made us. The church of Jesus Christ faces huge challenges in our day to day. And the only way we will be able to serve our God effectively is by, by being alert, clear-headed, and fully awake. We need to ensure that we are maintaining a high level of readiness so we will serve our God faithfully and with all our hearts. Billy Graham said, Christ alone can bring lasting peace, peace with God, peace among men and nations, and peace within our hearts. So let's be aware that the Prince of Peace is in us, and he can release that peace through us to other people around us. So just to sum it up, we have to be awake to his presence, to what he's doing around us, to his plans and his purposes, awake to his glory, awake not to put Jesus on equal footing with the others, awake to misconceptions about God, awake to who we are in him, awake to bring our praises to him in all circumstances. So when God blesses us, it's always to make us a blessing to others. It's not just for us, you know, in a little corner and I'm just enjoying it. No, it is to bless other people. Uh, this morning, I just looked on Facebook and, you know, I found this and I thought this is, I'll share it with you. And it says, a path to peace. Have you ever stopped and wondered what God has done for you, for your life? that you aren't aware of? You know, just as he's saying we have to be aware, sometimes we are not aware of. Maybe he healed you before you were sick. Before even that sickness came upon you, he healed you. You, you weren't aware. Perhaps he saved you from a fatal crash that never happened. So we, every day, God is keeping us safe. I feel like God has protected me more times that, than I can count. So I can only imagine the times he's rescued me when I wasn't aware I was in danger. I thank him for watching over me even when I didn't realize it. What an awesome God we serve. So just wanted to share that. So let's stay awake and let's serve our God wholeheartedly. Love him with all our hearts, with all our minds, with our, all our spirits and everything that is within us. Let us just love him and serve him because he has loved us so, so much.